0: Hi! The partners of the MediaDelkom consortium have completed first two country case studies. In this episode, we are going to talk about the first case study, aiming the media research capabilities of each country. It appears that not much of it has yet been researched in Europe. The second case studies focus on the state of art under the four domains developed within the MediaDelcom project. All the drafts have been submitted to the European Commission as interim reporting, but for the general public, the reports are going to be public in July. Until then, the drafts go through ample reshaping and editing. However, we shall look upon these draft studies country by country in our next podcast episodes very soon. For discussing the topic of the first case studies, we have two guests in our virtual studio. Halike Harra the MediaTelcom project coordinator from Estonia, and Markus Kreutler, who has been the leader of the first case study task force. He's from Germany. I'm Urmas Loit, the MediaTelcom communication officer. Professor Rale Kiharoloid will start with some general notes about the studies on the media research capabilities
1: each country had to map out what kind of research sources and what kind of data is available in four domains in the 21st century. The question of who collects analysis and creates knowledge about the risks of deliberative communication is also very important for our project. For example, we need to ask, is the motive of the data analyst to influence public policy or serve the interest of a particular client. Hence, we studied what media researchers, various public agencies, private companies, single researchers have done and published. The level of accessibility of the data and analysis is also important. And of course, what is the quality of the data collected To what extent and who has been financing research and monitoring, if at all? In some countries, the financing is pretty poor. And of course, we ask whether these data collection and research has been random or systematic. I would say so that uh, such comparative study concerning monitoring capability or potentiality is pretty unique. Strangely, it has not been done before in social and media studies. While we were preparing the project, I found only three slightly relevant publications. At the same time, the monitoring potentiality is very important because the main risks associated with the media and deliberative communication appear through small daily changes. For example, the adaptation of GDPR, where the primary aim was to protect the informational self-determination of individuals, citizens, has, for example, brought um, side effect, a threat to the transparency, at least in Estonia. And this change has been taken through very small daily practices. Namely, the data protection officers have become important and powerful agents, and of course their motivation and desire is to protect personal information rather than transparency. I still remember how, for example, the University of Tartu, the Senate, decided that the election of professors, the documents about their career, should not be longer public because they include private data. So this motivation in the hierarchy to protect was higher than to protect transparency. Another example also, we got, at least in Estonia, a situation where data protection, which operates under the name of scientific ethics, has started to restrict social science research. To sum up. The absence of mechanisms to monitor the daily application of fundamental values of deliberative communication is important because we may lose these values so quietly. The small practices are normalized step by step, and there is a risk that the society only might wake up when it is too late to reverse these small changes and normalisation. Our first case studies are therefore designed to describe the areas where the studies exist and to identify areas where, for various reasons, there is a knowledge gap, no data collection or no attention concerning certain risks.
0: great Kreutler will join the discussion now. He has been the leader of the first case study task force.
2: Looking at the results very generally, we are now able to answer four questions. One being if we have a research potential for all the domains that we are interested in, so for all the thematic areas that we are looking at. Second, for all the years that we are looking at for our time frame from 2000 to 2020. The third question is what kind of approaches are being used in scholarly work on the topics. And then finally, quite interesting, if everything is still manageable and coordinated in a way that it can be used for both scholarly analysis, but also um, political use of, of that data. So to go in a bit more more detail, we've seen with many partners that um, the result is a bit mixed between the different domains. For example, if we're looking at the domain of legal regulation and uh, media accountability, we have several partners, Austria, for example, Bulgaria was comparable, that mentioned that it was kind of split between the two sub-areas. So a bit more on the legal discourse and a lot less on media accountability, for example, or the other way around in, in other partners. When it comes to the coverage of the timeframes, we have several partners that have reported a kind of boost of the whole field starting around 2010. We've seen that from the Croatian team, from the Czech team, from the Slovak team, where something has changed towards the middle of our time frame of interest, where structures had gotten better, there were more experts in the field available, there were more publications. Now, when you're looking at the publications, of course, there were also more publication options probably because of digital options, um, publication possibilities on the internet, but still something seems to have changed there. But this also highlights the necessity if you want to get an overview over how things have developed, if you maybe want to do some longitudinal analysis, you're really depending on availability of data over longer periods of time. So whenever a country has something like research projects into certain areas that were running over several years, the decision to end these at one point is a very decisive risk because you will never be able to recreate that data for years that you've been losing so that's quite important then we've also seen a number of partners reporting that not all possible approaches are being covered so there are countries that mentioned that they have relatively strong theoretical or normative discourse in many ways a descriptive discourse in many ways But that empirical research, maybe even internationally comparative data, is simply missing. So that is a difference that we found. And then finally, probably something we haven't really seen before, the question if the data that exists is still manageable. And that mostly applies to countries that have a relatively well-established system of monitoring. Uh, Sweden comes to mind, for example, where the partners have mentioned that there are good structures, there is a lot of research going on. And the question is actually if it is still possible to get a good overview, if there is probably too much data being generated in a sense that there is no concentration on what would be really, really helpful for the future discussion.
0: We have Haliki Harroloid and Markus Kreutler in our virtual studio, continuing to discuss the first country case studies produced by MediaTelcom, aiming the media research capabilities of each country.
1: The countries are pretty different. You mentioned that something happened after the first decade of the 21st century. Yeah, the number of publications are universally growing. But at the same time for example i'll just give you example uh, concerning estonia uh, where for example the financing of media usage research uh, stopped in 2014 and after that for example one domain is practically not covered
2: you're right estonia reported actually a decline of a, of a system that had been very well established at one point in time and then financing got more and more difficult and we've seen that in other countries as well that financing of academic data generation is sometimes at risk And at the same time any additional data that we could be using industry data for example is sometimes not accessible has been accessible for some time and is now either not accessible to the public or only accessible if you pay for that data another example would be poland for example where partners have reported that there is still an ongoing transition of the whole research system in the area in a way that polish scholars are now working very much oriented on Western or modern rules of publications and things like that but are still concentrating on normative discourse that had been strong even before 2000.
1: In some countries, for example in Hungary, in the 1990s there was quite a strong tradition still concerning media research. And now the report reflects that there are only few research groups or single researchers who collect data, carry out research. So the institutionalization of media monitoring is really very weak.
2: In Hungary, that year of 2010 has also been a key year, but not in the way that uh, you would see the boost that we've seen in in a number of other countries, but in a way that the political changes have also played out not only in the media, which we are all aware of, but even in the research structures.
1: For me, there are two best practice case studies. One might be Sweden, where there are their own risks, I know, but still where there is quite a lot of research done. And of course, the second one is Germany, where data collection is still very systematic. And the knowledge, of course, is also based on quite a long tradition, I would say so.
2: Yeah, I, well, I would agree to, to group Germany somewhere among the top. We could probably also add Italy, where also a lot of data is being generated and the country team has rather pointed out that there is probably a lack of coordination or a lack of impact of that data that that is already there. Um, for Germany, now, since I'm German, I'm working in Germany, I'm commenting very much from the German perspective. While a lot of data gathering... An established research structure is there, of course, when you're in the system, you also see the risks that are being involved. And Germany has shown to be quite complex to also to write the report simply because of the structure of the country. It's not only the biggest market and the biggest country in our sample, but the federal system. And you're faced with 16 press laws, one for each land. You're faced with 14 broadcast authorities and so on and so on. So in Germany, it's really the complexity that's um, sometimes a bit difficult to handle. And then we also see some data sources that we've been using for years where the future isn't really guaranteed at the moment. For example, we had a monitoring of the most important TV programs over years, which was really, really helpful for us, which was financed by the media authorities for 20 years now. So for 20 years, we have all that data, for example, how many minutes were dedicated for what topic and things like that. And this has ended now. It, it was limited for a certain period of time and um, there was no agreement to go on with this kind of research. number of countries that mentioned the the huge importance that even single for example EU finance projects have had on the research landscape in the area Estonia and Latvia come to mind for example that have mentioned several EU projects that really improved the data that was for that country and at the same time for example Slovakia mentioned that relatively little participation in such international comparative projects would also be a risk and um, that's i think that's very obvious and that's also a point where from the german perspective size of the country helps a bit because there is a tendency even when for an, a comparative project only few countries are chosen usually germany is in there so we are in the lucky situation here that we can usually also use comparative projects and it's probably also an explanation why bulgaria and romania is two of the countries which have have only entered the European Union relatively late in comparison to the others, are two cases where we see rather huge gaps and rather um, big fragmentation of sources that could probably be improving in the future when more such comparative projects um, have an effect.
1: That is why the diachronic dimension is actually very important, because you're right. In order to be part of any comparative project, you need to have qualified scientists, qualified data analysts. And that is one barrier where those who have less resources will lag behind. While we do our comparative analysis, we have to pay attention to the reasons why some countries are lagging behind even when we speak about European comparative projects.
0: Right now, the drafts of the country case studies under discussion are long and descriptive. Hence, need to go through a thorough process of reshape and editing to make them easily readable and comparable by countries. The publication of these reports is planned to take place in July. Another bunch of reports, the second country case studies, have also been prepared in the form of drafts. These also go through ample editing and publication in July. Before that, we shall shed light upon them in our next episodes, country by country. So stay tuned to hear us soon.